This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome. And thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach Riddle. I'm here with Laura Heck. Um, we're having one of these episodes today where we answer your questions. It's a it's a, it's a a fun question. I liked it. It was really about can kind of men and women be friends, sort of the when Harry met Sally question. And, uh, you know, it starts with Laura and I kind of exploring whether or not we can be friends, which we can. We do a pretty good job, I guess. And, uh, you know, we bat that around and, and talk about some of the principles and practices that are in play when... You know, maybe those lines get blurred and they're hard to navigate uh, for people. There are some sort of standard things to be thinking about, but also I think it can be kind of gray. And so we try to make as much room for that as possible while still maintaining the integrity of the primary relationship. I'm going to keep offering a couple of reminders first about our workshop, which is coming up in October. We would love to have you join us. You can go to marriagetherapyradio.com and learn more about that. Also, please do take a minute to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. We'd be really thankful. Trying still to get up to a thousand. I think we're about 600, a little over 600 now, which is kind of cool. So thanks for those of you who have already done that. And I think that's about it for now. So this is a very cool conversation. Stick around. So glad you got a good giggle out of that. (laughs) You guys, what you missed was me rambling for, how long did I go for? 15 minutes? I was about 13 minutes. I think I rambled for about 15 minutes. And finally, what did you say, Zach? <laughs> so I said, uh, how's your brain? How's your brain doing today? <laughs> All over the place. <laughs> nothing that I was, and nothing's going to be different. I mean, my, it's the same brain that's showing up, but we just had to cut that and have a hard refresh. <sighs> well, here's what we are doing. I'm getting ready to go to Tuscany. Mm-hmm. I leave uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow morning, and yep. by the time this episode comes out, I will be back. You'll be back, yeah. Ta-da! Yeah, uh, I think it comes so, out actually right before I go to Ireland. Which so yeah. we were having you guys, we were having a very thoughtful conversation about what we needed to pack on our carry-on situation, so, so that we could, so we could get there safely. Mm-mm, we're not going to do that again. But I will tell you, I will repeat this part. What I something that I'm really excited about. Yeah. 
is okay. I warned my husband, because sometimes I do this, right? Like I get really excited about relationship stuff. Uh-huh. And I said, what I would really love is to bring a notebook and have it be our dedicated relationship notebook. Yeah. And I want to have this be like a summit. And uh, there's a lot of things that we need to kind of hit a, a hard, hard kind of like, I don't know, we just, it needs to be a hard start. So we have to redo our, our diet. Awesome. We're going to try on this new... Uh, sort of, I don't know what they would call it, like anti-cancer diet. So it's like low inflammation. Uh, You take out a lot of like the red meats. Uh Anyway, we need to do that. I warned everybody when we get back from Tuscany, we're going to start this new thing, Mm -hmm. trying to like shrink tumors, all that good stuff. So uh, that's one thing we want to take on meditation. So there's all these things that we want to do, but I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. And the idea is that we use Tuscany as this opportunity for two adults to come together literally get on the same page, right? Writing down our goals. And then I asked my husband if he would be open to meeting every 60 days to just kind of go back and see how we're doing. Okay. And he said he was so excited for it. So that whole story you told that one that took like seven or eight minutes about the carry on thing. Was that so that you could tell me you wanted to bring a notebook on the plane? I don't think so. Okay. I genuinely wanted to know put this out there. I really want to know what, and I, I think we actually did this already because I got folks like wrote back to me and they said, here's the things that I always do when I fly. Mm-hmm. Oh so yeah, I, yeah. I no, you did. You got to put some compression socks. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, drink and not water. drinking on airplanes. That was a big deal. Drinking mm-hmm. tons and tons of water. Mm-hmm. But I also want to know, are there any things in particular that you always make sure that you pack that is like really exciting? I always make sure to pack lady pleasure devices that Uh is me as a sex therapist just being really honest that Mm -hmm. it's it's like I always get to like a hotel or something and I say to myself you're all by yourself there's nobody here and this is the best time in the world to masturbate and I did not bring a vibrator so I always make sure to bring some like bring a vibrator bring lube if your partner's coming Mm -hmm. all those things so that's always something that's on my list it's like do not forget it but now if if you don't want to pack that you could you could bring your subscription to Dipsy because this episode is brought to you by Dipsy okay so picture this I'm on a walk with my pups and I am circling around the soccer fields while my son is at practice. I'm bundled in my puffy coat with my noise canceling headphones. I have a huge relaxed smile across my face because for this one hour of soccer practice, I am taking my me time to the next level. I am totally immersed in one of the hundreds of short, sexy audio stories that are written for women by women. Dipsy is an app that has made escaping into fantasies easier than ever with new episodes released weekly. Now, my favorite feature is the ability to filter through some of my favorite fantasies, whether they be queer or straight, vanilla or not. You can use Dipsy to unwind after a long day or maybe even rev you up for a night in with your lover. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash MTR. That's 30 days of full free access when you go to Dipsy. It's spelled D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash MTR. Dipsystories.com slash MTR. No, I'm I'm pro I'm pro you guys. I mean, I don't know. I think it's wise to revisit your kind of have your resets and do your summits and re- kind of mm-hmm. figure out your body again. My brother-in-law is doing that. His his name is Jack and he um 
he's all about eating clean right now. He's he's actually gardening himself. He's in he's got uh, a little vegetable garden in his backyard. <laughs> what? You couldn't even make eye contact with me. You guys, Zach is setting up. Stop. Setting up. Stop. A, stop it. Okay. Anyway, so he grows. Go on. Tell me more about Jack, he grows, your brother-in-law. He grows tomatoes. And he grows tomatoes. <laughs> Go on. I'm going what to. I'm getting them. Getting he grows tomatoes and he grows uh, zucchini and he grows, he grows, he grows beans and he has conversations with them in his backyard. You know, Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> Jack and uh, the beans talk. <laughs> Jack and the beans talk. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. It was well, way better the first time. It <laughs> wasn't, but I really appreciated how you tried to transition that as if it was normal conversation. <laughs> it was, it was going to be great. But you, uh, okay. If I blew that horrible, horrible joke, I'm so, so sorry. It's okay. I got more where that came from. No. I don't think we need any more. I think we're good. Good on the dad jokes. Okay. Okay. Hey, we got um, a listener that sent us in a question, which I really appreciated. And I would love it if we did sort of like an ask me anything, because uh-huh. I want to gather a whole bunch of, I just want to know like what what's going on for our listeners. How can we support you specifically? But here is a, a question that we got from not only a listener, but a, a gal, a couple that attended one of our workshops yeah. uh, previously. Yeah. Um, so you going to read it? You got me to read it. Um, uh, you can go ahead and read it. Yeah. But, but it. what I want to say is if you attend our workshops, you get to be like our friends. So you right. can send us personal emails and ask us questions. And we'll answer yeah. them on the on the podcast. And yeah. um, there's still time, in fact, for the uh, the October intensive. So check that out. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, Anyway, yeah, so wrote us and he said, uh, good morning from Virginia. And I love Virginia. I, I miss Virginia. Meet Virginia. I can't wait to. He says, Meet Virginia. I want to throw out one request for a topic that I think would be interesting to hear about. The question is about boundaries and having opposite sex friendships while maintaining the couple bubble, which is a phrase that Stan Tatkin used. We, we talked to Stan a couple months ago. That was kind of fun. You two, Zach and Laura, obviously have a great working relationship with mutual fondness and respect, yet there are obviously, no, I'm sorry. You two obviously have a great working relationship with mutual fondness and respect, yet are obviously married to separate people. I'm not sure if you'd be comfortable talking about this or not, but I imagine it might be helpful for lots of us to hear about your general recommendation and perhaps how you've handled this on a personal level. Thank you so much for your wonderful podcast. Go ahead and leave that review on Apple Podcasts, five stars. (laughs) Sorry, you guys, we're still trying to get over the hump, but we will answer this question. And uh, if Laura can keep her brain on target, oh my gosh. stay on mm-hmm. target. We're going to focus. Stay on target. Um, Do you know what that is? A couple of things came up for me Star reading Wars. this question. Number one, I thought it was super <clears throat> important to talk about. Um, number two, I want to just broaden this a little bit in not necessarily because, I mean, obviously Zach and I are married to people of the opposite sex. And so... I'm going to be more aware of my relationship dynamics with men and the boundaries that are going to be different with men than they would be with women. But I just want to broaden this a little bit that we're really just talking about how if you are in a committed relationship, what boundaries do you need to establish when you are with somebody of a sex or gender that sex or gender? Oh, my poor brain. Today, mm-hmm. That is someone that you would find attractive. 
yeah. as a potential mate. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, there is this great book by Shirley Glass. It's called Not Just Friends. There you so go. That is, uh, I got that one out. Yeah. That was the moment where you pause yeah. and you're like, where is your brain? Because <laughs> normally this stuff, I'm sharp. Yeah. I can yeah. remember yeah. it. Yeah. So Shirley Glass um, so, is, yes, is Ira Glass's mom. If you ever listen to yeah. This American Life, Ira Glass is mm-hmm. kind of famous, but she is, uh, yeah, she's like a, the giant in the field of infidelity research. And um, she died from cancer many, many years ago because um, cancer is a wicked disease. But um, yeah, so you were saying about this book that she wrote, it's called Not Just Friends. Go. Mm-hmm. So she talks about the slippery slope and the slippery slope is the idea of like, there are all of these small ways that you start down this slippery slope of crossing boundaries. And so this kind of, my brain started to go down this area of like, I want for you to think about the relationships that you have with people, whether it be a workplace relationship, whether it be like an old flame that you found on, on Facebook and you've been connected with, whether it be like a parent at your kid's school that you find really interesting that you've been talking to. Here's a couple of questions that I want for you to consider when you're thinking about, is this like how does this relationship fare when it comes to crossing boundaries? So number one would be, am I confiding in this person more than I'm confiding with my own partner? So are you sharing details, important details with this other person that you're not sharing with your own person, your own partner? Uh Make sense? Uh Could be about anything. Number two, do you find yourself speaking differently when you're with this person if you have an audience? So if you're alone with this other person, um, do you find yourself more freely speaking? Do you find that you have to hold back when others are around because they can hear you? Uh That might be a pretty good gauge of like, am I potentially crossing boundaries here? Uh And if you find that you interact with them differently and maybe not even just like what you talk about, but also like, how do you hold your body? Do you find yourself being closer in proximity to this other person? Do you touch them differently? Uh Do you hold back from touching them or talking about certain things when your partner's around or when other people are around? That would be definitely something I would pay attention to as far as like you might potentially be boundary crossing. Here's a big one. Do you speak about your own partner in negative ways or share personal intimate details about your relationship with this other person? Uh You with me on that? I'm with you. I'm tracking. Yeah, um, I think what can sometimes happen and with affairs, at least that I have seen that have occurred is that you have two people that are unhappy or in unhappy relationships and they start to confide in each other um, about their unhappiness. Mm -hmm. And so we, while you may not start off feeling attracted to this person, you start sharing these details and it kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger where it's like, yeah. You know, my partner is uh, not very social. They don't like to go out to these events with me. And then you start sharing more personal details. And that's a bit of the slippery slope is like, well, they don't like to go out to these events. My partner's put on 15 pounds. My partner and I haven't had sex in a month and a half. And you start sharing more and more personal details, especially negative details about your partner with this other person. Okay, here's a big one for me. Is your partner suspicious or jealous of this other person. That to me feels pretty important. And I know Mm -hmm. that we can often dismiss that and we might say, well, my partner's just a jealous human being. 
no, your partner is probably pretty clued into you right. and they have a gut instinct. And I have always told people, trust your gut. Your gut is there for a reason. And if your partner is coming to you and saying, there's something weird. I just don't know about this other person. It feels like maybe they might be attracted to you or I don't understand why. It just seems like they're so intimately familiar or they touch you or they, there's this level of intimacy that the two of you have and they're sharing that with you. Pay attention to it. Because there may be something going on, not for you internally, you might not be attracted to that person or think about them in that way, but they might be picking up on the fact that this other person is attracted to you. Mm -hmm. So I would say if your partner is suspicious or has some jealous concerns, that might be something, an indicator that boundaries have been crossed in some way. Anything you would add to any of this? I I get to have a turn. Yeah. Well, I was waiting for you to, you don't ever wait. You just butt in. So I figured you just butt in whenever you felt like it. Um, yeah. I, when I, when I'm talking, I'm trying to figure out how to best answer this question. Cause I'm wondering about whether or not he asked, was asking about himself. Like, how do I know if I am in a danger zone or, or whether or not he's asking about his partner? Like, I don't know if my partner's in a danger zone. So when I, when I'm talking about Shirley Glass's book, I'm, I generally point to two things that you just said. Number one is, um, do you talk, or are you in a conversation with somebody or in a relationship with somebody where the ability to talk pejoratively or negatively about your wife is, or your husband or your partner is free flowing? Like, do you talk negatively about your partner in this, oh. in this way? And the second one is, is this person a viable alternative to your spouse? Right. Viable um, alternative. That was the word I was looking for. Yep. Because I talk negative. I talk shit about Rebecca all the time to my therapist. Sure. Um, so it's in a vacuum. That's fine. Like I, yeah, I can talk problematically about my relationship, but my therapist isn't a viable alternative to my spouse. Or maybe to our mutual friend, right? Because he is not a viable alternative. Our mutual friend. Good example. Like I, we talk all the time about our wives and, but I'm not going to like, you know, it's a man that I, I'm not attracted to. So, um, right. You know, so it's just uh, those two things, like when they work in tandem, that's kind of the biggest red flag for me. Um, mm. A, that you can talk negatively. And is it the second, the one that's not on the list that you just read, though, is, you know, I think I can't remember if we got this in the first recording of the last one. But, you know, um, Laura and I are quite close. I've met Ryan a whole bunch of times. Uh, Laura's met Rebecca a whole bunch of times. Ryan and Laura don't. I mean, sorry, Ryan and Rebecca don't spend very much time at all together. I think they've been together twice at a meal yeah. that we shared or something. Um, and incidentally, I don't remember if this was the, the first batch that we threw out or not, but on our, on our Instagram post, we asked who was their dream interview. And many people said they wanted to interview, uh, they wanted us to interview Rebecca and Ryan, like yeah. to come on. And I was like, Mm-mm, nope, that's Mm-mm. not gonna happen. Um, no, they don't get a voice. But my, but, but what I'm headed to here is that I think Ryan knows, and I know Rebecca knows that we, for each other, were friends of the marriage. Like I'm a friend of you mm. and Ryan's relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pro you guys like working through your stuff and doing your, your things. And I'm, I'm invested in, in the success and failure of your, you know, your summits and your son and all that other stuff. And you, you are the same, like you're pro Rebecca and I and working stuff out. Even, I think it was maybe even last episode, Rebecca and I were in a, and some kind of fit and you were like, like just repair already yeah and texted me later that night and you were like did you did, did, are you guys back you on the med? are you back on the med yeah yeah you know it's so, true so there's this there's this third quality that which is you know 
can your fr- is your friend that you have uh, that's of the opposite sex or of the opposite gender? Do they scratch all those boxes? Like, do yeah. you talk shit about your partner? No. Are they a viable alternative to your spouse? No. Um, are they a friend of your marriage? Yes. And maybe I don't mm-hmm. know. Do you check two out of three? Check three out of one. Whatever. I'm not sure. But those are the primary lenses that I generally kind of counsel or advise. Yeah. I like the one though that I, I guess I hadn't quite thought of. Like, do you speak to this person differently in private than when you have an audience? Like, that's an intriguing mm-hmm. thing. But I know that in situations that I have been in where I have crossed, started to cross the line, yeah, I can actually remember my body language. Like, I can, I, I have memory now of, oh yeah, 100%. I did that. I leaned in a little closer. Yeah. Or I, you know, was a little more familiar. Um, which kind of is, I'm in awe of that now just because it feels like a lifetime ago, but that, right. That is, um, that's an interesting lens for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've even talked, or do you remember when we were like eating together while we were traveling and mm-hmm. I think you had asked, you're like, what do you think those people over there think about us? About the two of us. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like if they were observing us, what do you think their assumption would be? Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what we, I think we were playing card games or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think we probably figured out that they're like, oh, they're, they're definitely not married cause they're, they're too friendly with each other or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah. Just, I mean, we were sort of disinterested in each other. I mean, um, I don't, <laughs> oh, I was thinking, I, was I, like, I thought about it a lot though. Cause you know, here we are on this plane and here we are in this like, and I think you and I have found, I think we really have found like kind of a brother sister vibe, mm-hmm. um, that I think was, would be like observably noticeable um oh yeah. that was at hibachi wasn't it it was at hibachi oh, it was at hibachi yeah and we were like yeah. look we were trying to figure out is it, what is this family and is it the brother and sister and is it that uh-huh. the boyfriend and girlfriend and then i was uh-huh. like i wonder what they think of us because we're just like well we're like same age except for i'm better looking and yeah. younger and yeah yeah but we found that we found that through a sort of a steady like effort of consistency right and um, you and I have gone, we've ebbed and flowed quite a bit because there's been times yeah. when we couldn't handle, I, I couldn't stand you and you couldn't stand me. And yeah. th- that was its own phase. So I think, I think we probably are more the exception than the rule. Um, I agree. Just cause there's a lot more thoughtfulness and, and, uh, and most of our relationship was in public because it was within the Gottman method context and everybody was, everybody was friends with everybody. And so, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. I don't know. I, I know for sure that, that, uh, that while you may be a viable alternative to my spouse, um, I, we don't, we're not in the practice of talking negatively about one another and you were both friends of each other's relationship. So it kind of eliminates mm-hmm. at least one of the, you know, kind of the three big yeah. ones. Um, okay. I have a question for you. Yeah. Cause you know how I was saying, like, I was giving you some questions to consider, like, do you, uh, do you speak with someone differently when you're alone versus when you're with other people or maybe even with your spouse? Do, do you touch them? Do you lean in differently? Um, here's, I'm going to go through a couple more questions just oh. so you can begin to think about how, where you may potentially have some kind of a boundary crossing issue. Um, the last one I left off was, does your partner have suspicions or are they you jealous? Said that. You said this? that. Yeah, yeah. That's where I left off. Here's the next one. Do you delete your history of conversation? Uh, so, uh, text messages, social tracks, media, yeah. phone calls, emails, do you find yourself wanting to delete them even if the conversation is benign and it may not be crossing boundaries, but just having private conversations with this person, uh-huh. do you delete it? 
another one. Do you look forward to seeing this person and find yourself prepping in some way? Uh, so, you know, as a female, like, am I putting on a real bra? <laughs> I would say we definitely do not teeth. check that box. I, I showed up at your house one day. You're like, why do you look like a hobbit? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? You're like, you just look like a like a vagrant hobo person. And I was yeah, like, kind of hobbity. I was like, okay, yeah. well, no, I guess I didn't we prep for this meeting. Yeah. Um, um, and But that happens. I, I have 100% thought to myself, I might run into this person and then I'm, you know, doing a little extra glamming up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because it feels good to know that you turn somebody's head, mm -hmm. right? Like somebody that could be a potential alternative and that they're interested in you. They're paying attention to you, that you notice that they might be attracted to you. That feels good. Mm -hmm. But does that also mean that you're going to cross a boundary with that person? Probably not. Does, but yeah, not it's just like, I think you have to be really honest with yourself that this is someone that feels good to get attention from, or is this someone that you may want to take it to the next level? And there is a slippery slope where you might not have the intention mm -hmm. in your mind, but who knows what their intention is. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk about boundaries to put in place that kind of protect the relationship, but that's another question. Yeah. And then the last one is, does this person have feelings for you? That would be a good question to ask yourself. Yeah. And maybe they've expressed it. Maybe they haven't. But do you think they have feelings for you? Yeah. I don't know. Or do, are you trying to, are you, are you, are you sure they have feelings for you, but you're just kind of, um, you know, trying to, to walk that tightrope of, no, it feels nice to, da, 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 but I'm sort of holding my own batteries. Yeah. Um, the thing that's so brilliant about this book, by the way, is the title, because you know, right. when, when I talk about you to, um, to anyone, I don't say Laura and I are just friends. I don't put the word just in there, right? No. Yeah, Laura's my friend. She's my coworker. She's my partner. You know, I think when people, yep. when people, particularly in my office, they come in and there's this third party that's kind of threatening the relationship and he, or even she goes, we're just friends. I'm like, mm -mm, there, that's mm. the, so the book is called not just friends because when we add just or justification, for this friendship, then something yep. is, something's awry. I think that there is just something that's sort of off kilter a little bit. So for yep. me, it's really about, you know, how do you talk about this situation or this relationship or, or people will be like, yeah, she's just, she's just a friend from work. I go, well, then why don't you have her over for dinner? Yeah. Like, why don't you invite her and her husband over for dinner? And, and you know, we, it, now we're all friends of the marriage, you know? Mm -hmm. And so totally. And people start to, that's when I think when they start to protect the just of friendship, like, no, this is just, this is just mine, or this is just a friendship, then that well, is another big, big clue. Yeah. So here's, <clears throat> if you might have answered yes to any of the things that I just listed, or if there is a potential alternative in your life that you could see could potentially be a threat, here are some things to consider. Um, number one, avoid any sort of like spontaneous or last minute get togethers. So just keeping things very clear. And a lot of this has to do with more business relationships. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I'm saying that is because we see that statistically affairs increased once women went back to the workforce mm -hmm. in like what the seventies, sixties, seventies. So it's, it was the access that women were having outside of the homes, men were having outside of the homes. And so a vast majority of affairs are occurring with people in the workplace setting. Mm. You know, that reminds so me of... So that's where I'm getting a lot of this. It reminds me of... Um, 
I forget exactly who said it. I could probably track it down. But one of the one of the primary predictors of infidelity is opportunity. Yeah. So um, the fact that you kind of can, again, if it's just access to people in your day-to-day life, 40 hours a week on the yeah. same piece of carpet or whatever, like that is, um, that's intriguing. I think, mm-hmm. anyway, sorry, I was about to take over and go a whole different direction. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, opportunity yeah. is, you know, is a mm-hmm. big, big factor. Yeah. So if you haven't scheduled it in advance where it's like, Hey, uh, why don't we get together? And, um, like Zach, you and I, let's, let's go meet up. Uh, and I don't know what we're going to do. We would meet up and like record a podcast. And if you text me and you're like, Hey, I'm like right down the street from your house. You want to go grab a beer? That's where I would start to establish a boundary. Mm -hmm. Even if you are available, if it was, if it feels spontaneous or last minute, just avoid them and keep your relationship more on a professional scheduled place. Um, Number two, maintain a drink limit. I think that that's pretty obvious to me that when you are going out with somebody of a potential alternative, make sure that you know where your limit is. If you get tipsy and make bad decisions or you find that, uh, you think differently after one drink, then it's a one drink limit. If it's two drinks, it's a two drink limit. But I would say have a drink limit that you have discussed with your partner in an agreement yes. that if you're going to Vegas, for example, um, on a boy's trip, you want to make sure that like you're going to talk about it. Yes. What What is the drink limit? Where is it that you feel is acceptable for you to make smart decisions and maintain your logical sense and commitment to the relationship? Um keeping meetings in the daylight. So this is more of if you find that you are in a potential boundary crossing situation, these are pretty tight boundaries. So it might not make a ton of sense for you to stay and have get it together just in the daylight. But if you find that you are a boundary crosser and that's just been a part of who you are as a person, this is a way to just tighten it up. Keep everything in the daylight. Um, Here's a really important one, and I want to get your opinion on this. Limit social media interactions. So one way to do that is to create an account that is for the family. So uh, if barf, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I knew. I knew you're going to have some kind of a reaction to that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm all about boundaries, but I also mean that that sometimes that means that there are some things that belong to you alone, and that I mean, if we're talking about, I can't handle possible uh boundary violations unless my wife has access to every single social media interaction or the email like i know i know these people who are like like sh- i know a wife who reads the husband's work emails and i'm like that's wow. not the solution the solution is that unlimited unfettered access to each other's you know communication is that because he had boundary crossing in the past they're not clients. They're people that I know kind of in a social way. Yeah. And so I don't know the whole story, but I do know that that made me like, I, I mean, even if I was, cause I was doing business with this guy, like, um, mm-hmm. and he was like, yeah, I just send it to this, send it to my mom's email because uh, sorry, th- this is a weird way to put this, but he was trying to plan a surprise for her with me and I could help him. So he was Got like, it. send it to my mom's email, not my work email. Cause my wife can see yeah. my work email. I was like, uh-huh. what? I was like, yeah. well, then what if I send something to your work email that I don't want your wife to read because it's my mm-hmm. personal business? Anyway, listen, all of these tips are really good. But I think what what we want to emphasize is this thing that you you labeled the slippery slope, which is what, again, yeah. where Shirley Glass comes in really like clearly that, that this thing, people don't end up 
in affairs because they just fell into somebody's bed or, you know, right. it's, it's this slow descent or the slow sort of increasing comfort with relaxing boundaries. And yep. the top of the slippery slope is a, a, a home relationship where kind of the bids and turning system isn't, isn't really mm. strong. And so if mm. you, the, the number one way to protect your relationship from boundary violations is to secure the bond that you have in your home by turning by turning toward your partner and making sure that you guys are connected. Um, I agree, but I also I also see people who are in healthy relationships that deeply love their partners totally. that also have affairs. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I'm just saying that you know if we want to get ahead of this, you get ahead of it at the very top of the slope, um, okay. because that's where. You know, that's where, you know, the reason I know for me, when I would, when I would start to kind of relax my own boundary, just because I was like, well, this feels really nice. And that nice thing wasn't happening to me in my house. Mm. And so if I want to, if I want to, you know, kind of come back to what what was the real preventative matter, measure, it was to go back to and reinforce and chase down and speak about the nice thing yeah. that you, yeah. that you need at home. Yes. And I will, I'm also going to push back on this because I know he's okay. Zach is literally like tapping his watch because we both have clients. No, you have clients. Like, I'll talk all day long, but you're the one who said I have a hard stop. So I was like, you can't I start do. anything new right now, Laura. I do. Well, I just want to push back in that. Yes, you do have like, take care of your relationship, secure relationship and any new relationship is someone that is a potential mate coming into your life. You establish those boundaries from the get go. And making sure that they're very clear and it's your responsibility. And again, I will say this, like you may not have a desire to start anything with someone, but it's, it is your responsibility to protect your relationship. Um, here's one, one last tip. Okay. And I did this with a girlfriend who is also a listener and I've told her not to listen many times because it makes me uncomfortable. So I'm going to say this because she's going to go, yep, she did that is I texted my girlfriend and I said, is it okay if I invite your husband to go on a bike ride because he was available? Or um, is it, and for the most part, I try and text the two of them together, even if I'm only communicating with him. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. So I'm friends of the relationship. I'm friends with both of them. There's sometimes times when I just want to meet up with him and go for a bike ride. Mm -hmm. So what I will try to do, if I remember is I will text the two of them so that she can see the communication between the two of us. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is me wanting to respect their marriage. Mm -hmm. um, and it has nothing to do with me thinking, ah, uh, this could potentially go down a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. But from the get go, that's how I wanted to start that communication with them. Yeah. And you may be okay. sending a message to yourself. You may be sending a message to her, you may be sending a message to him and even to Ryan, like, wait, yeah. you're going on a bike ride. Yeah, totally. I connected with, Jim and Sally and, mm -hmm. you know, we're all kind of on the same page. It'd be cool if we, yeah. I don't know, I don't, whatever. So I think that there's lots of that. Yeah. This is the quick and hard, fast wrap up because I have a client in now 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. so, uh, let's land this plane. Gotcha. And have fun can, on your trip. You have, thank you. Welcome back. I'll, I'll, I'll be, yeah. Welcome <laughs> back. It was great. Welcome back. And now um, I'm eating all the vegetables. Okay. I gotta go. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Just as a reminder, the uh, fall series has already started, but we have another one coming up starting in November. If you're interested in joining on Wednesday evenings for the fall series, going through each of the seven principles, or you can join our weekend intensive. It's coming up here on October 20th and 21st. That's a Friday evening from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then again on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All of it is virtual. You can join from anywhere in the world. Um, with Zach and myself. Register early so we can send your materials to you ASAP. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.